how often is it that people hear this but they don't remember it they hear this they learn about it but they don't take lesson from the story they still remain in denial allah says fa idha nufikha fi suri fa idha so when nufikha it will be blown fi suri in the trumpet when the trumpet when the horn is blown into nafkhatun a blow that is wahida that is single one one blow one blast of the trumpet a single blast will be enough although we know that the trumpet will be blown multiple times but the first blowing of the trumpet is mentioned over here and it is emphasized that it will be only one nafkhatun wahida why because one command from allah will be enough to bring about the day of judgment to bring about al-haqqa this command will be so strong that it cannot be ignored in this world what happens somebody tells us of something we hear we forget and then they have to repeat it and then they have to repeat it maybe you have to repeat something to your children over and over again or to your brother maybe five times until he finally hears you this is what nafkhatun wahida a single blast will be enough this command cannot be ignored it cannot be opposed it cannot be prevented what will happen when the trumpet will be blown the first time wa humilatil ardu and the earth will be picked up humilat hamal is to carry something to pick it up and carry it the earth will be picked up wal jibalu and the mountains also the earth that is beneath our feet that we stand on that we walk on that we sit on it will move from its place move where it will be shaken to a point that it will be picked up it will go up and jibal mountains also tell me what is it that you can pick up that you can lift high something that is light or something that is small and when is it that something big or heavy jumps up when there is a huge convulsion isn't it so when there is a very strong movement or when it's shaken very strongly then it will as if jump up and fall back down you know for example certain machineries right if for instance there's a food processor and you put stuff in it that you shouldn't be putting in it and then you turn it on on full speed what will happen it will start shaking such a heavy machine begins to shake and it's as if it's running on the counter right now just imagine because the day of judgment there will also be zalzala as we learn in zalzalat as-sa'ati shay'un azim there will be the earthquake so this earthquake will cause the earth to jump up and not just the ground but also the mountains they will be picked up and as they will fall down fadukkata dakkatan wahida so they will be leveled with one blow leveled completely dukkata dal kaf kaf dak is to make something flat to demolish it to powder to bits to crush to powder so fadukkata the mountains and the earth will be leveled meaning they'll be turned to dust how dakkatan wahida one strike one hit one zalzala and this earth 
and all these mighty tall mountains will turn into powder. فَيَوْمَ إِذِنْ So that day, when even the mountains will no longer remain. And imagine, if the mountains will turn to dust, then what do you think about things that are smaller than mountains? What are the biggest things on earth, really? What are the biggest things on earth? It's the mountains. Solid things, it's the mountains. And if they're turned to dust, what's going to happen to everything else? What's going to happen to the fine crystals and things that we have collected in our homes and that we cry over? We value so much. We spend so much of our time and effort into maintaining, into acquiring these things and then maintaining these things and then getting upset with our children because they touch them. What's going to happen to them? فَدُكَّتَ دَكَّةً wahida. Your homework today is to go home and to look at everything that you can see and tell yourself, this will be crushed to powder. These things will crush to powder, demolished completely. They're not going to last forever. These things that I'm running after, that I'm wasting my life over, are going to finish. فَدُكَّتَ دَكَّةً wahida. Let me give them only the attention and time that they deserve. They're temporary. They're not eternal. They're things of this world. They're not really precious. فَدُكَّتَ دَكَّةً wahida فَيَوْمَ إِذِنْ So on that day, when this will occur, when the trumpet will be blown, when the earth will be picked up, it will move from its place, and the mountains will be picked up, and moved from their place, when everything will be turned into dust, that is the day, waqa'at, it shall occur, what will occur? Al-waqi'ah, the incident, the occurrence. Which occurrence, which incident is this? The incident of the day of judgment. This is when the sa'ah will occur. One shaqqat, so where will you go? One shaqqat, as for the earth, it will be turned to dust. What about what is beyond the earth? What we see above us, the sky. Allah says, one shaqqat, and it shall split open. In shiqaq, is when something is torn, ripped apart, completely ripped. One shaqqat is sama'u, the sky will split open. Because see, when something is ripped, it's broken, then there's holes in it. You can see from between it, because it was intact before, it was one piece, and now it's multiple pieces. So when shaqqat is sama'u, the sky will split open, fahiya, so it will be, yawma idhin, that day, wahiya, infirm, fragile. Wahiya is from the root letters, wawhaya. And wahi is used for, not wahi. Wahi is revelation with a ha. This is wahiyun, with a ha. So wahiyun, it is when, a rope or a string, it becomes very loose. And when it becomes loose, then what happens? You can break it easily. Isn't it? You can break it very easily. It's also used for when joints of a body or something, they become weak. They're not that strong anymore. So when they're weak, what does it mean? You can break it easily. So, wahiya is one that is weak, one that is frail. This word is also used to describe the weakness of a cloth. So when you wear something over and over again, and you wash it, what happens with it? Over time it becomes weak. And then you land on your knee, and what happens? 
rips, finished. Or you put it in the wash and what happens? It comes out ripped. This is wahiya. When something is weak, fragile, at the verge of breaking apart. This sky, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes it as saqfam mahfuza. It's a protective, strong ceiling. So protective that we can't even go beyond it. We don't even know where it ends. Its extent. Isn't it? And what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? On that day, it will become infirm. You see, within space, within this universe, there's, you know, everything is in its place or it's moving within its orbit, right? And it's got its limits. But on that day, this structure that is holding everything together, it's going to become infirm. So then what's going to happen to all these planets and galaxies and stars and whatever is out there? What's going to happen? When the whole structure is infirm, devastation. When shaqqatis sama'u fahiyya yawma'idhin wahiyya. What about the angels? Allah says, وَالْمَلَكُ And the angels, عَلَىٰ أَرْجَائِهَا They will be upon its arja' Its edges. Arja' Plural of the word raja' Rajim Hamza Or wow. And it's used for the sides of something. Basically the word is used for the edges of a well. Okay? Of a well. Now a well is round. Right? So it's used for the edges of a round thing. So, وَالْمَلَكُ عَلَىٰ أَرْجَائِهَا Meaning wherever you would see up, what would you find? Angels over there. On the borders of the sky. Angels over there. وَالْمَلَكُ عَلَىٰ أَرْجَائِهَا وَيَحْمِلُ And he will carry. عَرْشَ رَبِّكْ The throne of your Lord. فَوْقَهُمْ above them who will carry the throne of your lord above them yawma idhin on that day meaning on the day of judgment who will carry it thamaniya eight meaning eight angels will carry the throne of their lord why why what does it show angels carrying the throne of allah what does that show the honor and respect that the angels will show to their Lord. Because their Lord doesn't need His throne to be carried. But who is the Malik of that day? It is Allah, Malik Yawmiddin. So this shows the humility and the respect that the angels will show to their Lord. Yawmaidin, Allah says on that day, Tu'raduna, you all will be exhibited. You will be displayed. You will be put on display. Tu'radun, ain radad is to expose something, to display it so that it can be seen. You know, for example, you put something on the wall so that it can be seen, it can be noticed, it can be looked at. People will come and read it. They will come and admire it or they will come and criticize it. So who will be displayed on the Day of Judgment? Allah says you will be. يَوْمَ إِذِنْ تُعْرَضُونَ You will be exhibited for judgment. You will be presented before Allah for your hisab. What does that mean then? If you are being exposed and displayed and brought for hisab, لَا تَخْفَى مِنْكُمْ خَافِيَةً Nothing hidden, nothing hidden of yours will remain hidden. لَا تَخْفَى 
it shall not remain hidden. Minkum, of you, meaning of yours, about you. Khafiyah, any hidden thing. You see the word khafiyah, khafiyah is actually used for the feathers which are under the wing of a bird. Under the wing of a bird. So they're always hidden. You can't see them. Because even when the bird opens up its wings, it opens them for such a brief amount of time that you can't really see the hair which is inside, which is underneath. This is khafiyah. Something that is hidden. Allah says that the khafiyah will no longer remain hidden. Are there things that we hide about ourselves? There are. Are there things that we hide in our hearts? Maybe some things that we have done or some feelings that we may have or they're just not worth talking about. They're not worth showing. Or it's too embarrassing. لا تخفى منكم خافيه. No secret shall remain a secret. No private matter will remain private. No confidential matter will remain confidential. لا تخفى منكم خافيه. You cannot hide anything from your Lord. Anything. Even now it's not hidden. Even now He knows. But on that day it will be brought out. It will be displayed. لا تخفى منكم خافية. Nothing at all will remain hidden. Nothing of your bodies. Nothing of your souls. Nothing of your deeds. Nothing of your qualities. Nothing at all will remain hidden. As we learn on the Day of Judgment, people will come how? Bare. Their bodies will be bare, naked, completely exposed. Nothing even to cover them. Their deeds, written in the records. And their records, out, open. Nobody will be able to hide the record or throw it away or put it away. No. Nothing about your deeds will remain hidden. لا تخفى منكم خافية. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, O oh people, have shame before Allah. Have some shyness of your Lord. Be shy of your Lord. You're shy of people? Be shy of your Lord. Do we feel shy of people? Yeah? When? Regarding what? Saying something or doing something. Wearing something. Isn't it? We're too shy to talk in front of people. We're too shy to do something in front of people. We're too shy sometimes to even write in front of people. Has it ever happened that you're writing and somebody's looking at you and you look at them that stop looking at me? Or you put your hand over what you're writing? You don't want them to read what you're writing even if it's just your English homework. We're shy. And then out of that shyness, we correct ourselves. Isn't it? We improve ourselves. That if we know we're being watched as we're writing, we'll make sure that we write properly. Isn't it? The Prophet ﷺ said, Be shy of your Lord. The people said, O Messenger of Allah, we are shy of Allah. We are. He said, What I mean is, have shame before Allah as is befitting. As he deserves it. So guard your head and what it contains. Be shy of Allah, meaning guard your head and what it contains. Guard your stomach and what it takes in. This is what you have to be shy of Allah about. Because on the day of judgment it's going to be exposed. You keep feelings in your heart, thoughts in your mind, negative, toxic. And then these feelings... These thoughts, these intentions, 
or the actions that we do in private, the words that we say in private, the things that we write in private, everything will become manifest. لا تخفى منكم خافية It won't remain hidden then. If you think about it, what is the definition of sin? The Prophet ﷺ described ithm. What is ithm? Do you remember? What is the definition of sin? Yes? What bothers you in your heart and... and... You don't want people to find out about it. You dislike that people should find out that you've done it or that you've said it. So you're trying to hide it. Is there ever something that maybe we've done and we don't want people to know? Maybe we said something and we don't want our classmates to know. We did something and we don't want our friends to know. We don't want our parents to know. We don't want our extended family to know. Whoever that may be. We don't want our co-workers to know about it. That is ism. You don't like it inside. It bothers you. Keeps you feeling guilty. And then later on, you don't even want anybody to find out. You're too embarrassed to face it. Well, all those embarrassing things that we don't want to face, لا تخفى منكم خافية It will not remain hidden. It will be exposed. So what is necessary then? That if something like this has been done, what should be done? أَتْبِعِ السَّيِّئَةَ حَسَنَةَ تَمْحُوهَا Follow a sin with a good deed. And that good deed is going to erase it. It's going to erase it. لَا تَخْفَى مِنْكُمْ so as for man, the person who utia he was given kitabahu his book. As for the person who is given his book, where biyaminihi in his right hand, because as people will be brought, their books will be given to them, their results, their records will be given to them. And some people their record will be given in their right hand. Other people their record will be given in their left hand. The record being given in the right hand, what does it mean? That the person has passed the test of life. He's gonna make it to paradise. And if a person is given his record in the left hand, what does it mean? He has failed. He's gonna end up in hellfire. So as for the person who is given his record in his right hand, فَيَقُولُ So he will say, هَا أُمُقْرَأُ كِتَابِيَ Here, read my record. هَا أُم you see this word ha um ha, it gives the meaning of fair amr. It means khud. Here, take it. Ha is basically a way of calling someone or demanding something from them, asking them for something. And what is that something? It depends on what you're doing. So for example, you would say ha, meaning take this. As you're giving something and you say ha, what does it mean? Take it. So ha um, what does this um mean? Um gives the meaning of jammer, plural. So ha um, if you put an exclamation mark by this word, it would make it clear. So ha um, meaning here, oh you people, take this. Take what? Ha um, take what? Take my book. Take my record and iqra'u, read it all of you, kitabiya, my book. Hey you people, here is my book, take it and read it. Ha umuqra'u kitabiya, kitabiya, 
You see, this is kitabi, my book, and the ha at the end with the sukun on it. Right? This is called ha of sakta. Meaning, you could say it's the ha as in a full stop, as in a period. That it's supposed to come at the end of a sentence. Right? And it's adding emphasis. So, ha umukra'u kitabiya. Here, take my book, oh you people, read it. Who can say this about their results? Just imagine getting your results and not even keeping them in your hand but passing it around. Here, read this. Read it. Not just look at it, read it. Who can do this? The person who is very secure and very happy about what he has received and very satisfied and secured about his result, about what's going to happen next. Only they can advertise their results. Only they can display their results. The person who has been successful. When is a person's book of deeds worth reading? When? When it's got good stuff written in it. Isn't it? When is it that you will show, let's say your essay, that you wrote, you submitted, it was marked and it was returned. When will you show it to others? When can you? When it's full of red marks? When it's full of corrections? When it's full of edits? When? When it's got good positive comments in it. Isn't it? Why? Because it has been approved. What's written is good. This is why it has been accepted. And there is an A on it. A huge A with a big circle and maybe a star on the side. Right? So that is when you will share it with everybody. And God forbid, if it's the other way, would you share it with anybody? No, you wouldn't even tell them you got your essay back. Right? You pretend as if you never submitted an essay. Right? Because it's not even worth talking about. So the person who will exhibit, who will show his record, is the one whose record is full of which kind of amal? Ahsan amal. But no person is perfect, isn't it? I mean, every human being, where they do ahsan amal, they also fall, they also make mistakes. So what about their sins? It's because their sins have been erased by Allah's mercy. They have been forgiven. Like we learn in a hadith that on the day of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask the believer, did you commit this sin? Did you commit that sin? Did you commit that? And he will admit and admit and admit until he will think, I'm doomed. Because here I am, I've admitted so many of my sins, what's going to happen now? Allah is asking me about my sins. I can't lie to him. He will admit his sins and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say that I concealed them for you in the world and today I forgive you completely for them. May Allah make us amongst them. So this book is the book that is full of ahsan amal, of beautiful deeds, good deeds, consistently good deeds, where tawbah and istighfar and inaba has erased the sins. Does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive sins? Yes, regularly. Each time that a person seeks forgiveness. You see, there are so many good deeds, which when you do, from hadith, what do you learn? That because of this, there will be forgiveness. Because of this, there will be forgiveness. 
So this kitab is full of ahsan amal. This kitab is full of forgiveness. Those sins were erased. So this person will say, Ha umukra'u kitabia. Here, O oh you people, read my book, read my record. Now we need to think about ourselves. Forget about our whole lives. Think about one day. Start with one day. Or maybe an hour. Whatever I did in this past hour, whatever I did in this past 24 hours, is it worth sharing with other people? Is it something that I'm happy about or something that I'm embarrassed over? Think about it. If we have spent an hour just staring into our phones, reading one random thing after another, reading about or watching things that are happening in the politics of another country, the debates that are happening and the elections that are coming up, that have nothing to do with us, alhamdulillah. Really. But following it, right? Either watching it and then not watching it, then reading it, reading about it, and then who won, and then why they think that they won and they lost, when their opinions don't matter really until the actual thing happens. But think about how much time we're wasting into these things. If two out of 24 hours go into reading about these irrelevant things, and then maybe nine hours going sleeping, and another three hours have gone into just randomness, and then yeah, maybe half an hour total went in salah, the five prayers, may, maximum 30 minutes, if you add up all those, all the time that we spend in our five prayers, barely 30 minutes, is it really worth saying, هَأُمُقْرَأُ kitabia? Every day matters. Every hour matters. And if we want to receive our books in our right hands and be happy about what we have received, then really it's our responsibility. We are recording that book right now, aren't we? Whatever we are doing is being recorded. So what are we putting in it today so that tomorrow we can be proud about it? What are we filling it with right now so that tomorrow we can be happy about it? Can we really say, Ha umukra'u kitabiyah? Picture yourself, imagine yourself. You know, one of the scholars, he said that I imagined myself, I thought about it, that I was in hell. And I was being given zakum to eat. And I was surrounded by fire. And my skin was being replaced. And I was wailing. And I asked myself, what do you want? What do you wish for? And I said that I wish to be out of this. I wish that I could go back into the world and do something different. And he said, I told myself, I am in the world. Right now, I have to do something to save myself from ending up in hellfire. And he said, I pictured myself, I imagined myself that I was in paradise. And the beautiful description of paradise that is given, gardens and water and fruit and beautiful company and the drinks and everything. And he said, I asked myself, what do you want? I wish I had done more so that I could be where those stars are at another, at a higher level. So he said, I told myself, I am in the world right now. So do what you, what you wish or what you will wish you had done. Do it right now. Don't wait for later. Here, oh you people, read my book. When can a person say that? When he has filled it with something good. You see, an essay, the first draft of an essay, is it worth submitting? 
what do you have to do? Write it, and then you edit it, and then you leave it for some time, and then you visit it again, and then you fix it up, you polish it, you have your peers review it, and then finally you submit it. Isn't it? Why? Why do you have to go through it over and over again? Because you are perfecting it. So our lives also daily, we must try to perfect it. That whatever sin has been committed, let us seek forgiveness. Whatever good opportunity we left out yesterday, let's avail it today. Whatever good we left out yesterday, let's do it today. هَاُمُقْرَأُوا كِتَابِيَا Hear, O you people, read my book. فَأَمَّا مَنْ أُوْتِيَ كِتَابَهُ بِيَمِينِهِ فَيَقُولُ هَاُمُقْرَأُوا كِتَابِيَا إِنِّي ظَنَنْتُ He will say, I was certain that أَنِّي That indeed I You see the word ظَن means to think and suppose. But when it's followed by أَنَّ What does it mean? To be certain, to be sure. So I was sure, I was certain that أَنِّي مُلَاقٍ حِسَابِيَا that indeed I was mulaqin, one to meet. Hisabiyah, my hisab. Again, the ha at the end, ha a full stop. Hisabi, my hisab, my reckoning. I was certain that I was going to be called to account. Are we certain that we're going to be questioned about our deeds? What do we think? No, no, I won't be questioned. Hopefully, I will not be asked. Really, when we think about the day of judgment, do we know for sure, do we believe with full conviction that we are going to be questioned about our deeds? We think that somehow in that crowd, no, we'll just make it somehow. We'll escape the hisab, and somehow we'll just cross the bridge, and then we'll just enter paradise, just like that. We think we won't be asked. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not ask us on the day of judgment, really. Because the one who will be questioned will be in trouble. Because how could we ever justify a wrong action? How could we ever justify leaving a good opportunity? We can't. So, إِنِّي ظَنَنْتُ أَنِّي مُلَاقٍ حِسَابِيَ I was certain that I was going to meet my hisab. I was going to be questioned. I was certain about this. And a person who lives with this yaqeen, with this certainty, will only be careful about his deeds. And a person who is not certain, then what happens to their deeds? What happens? You know, for example, if you start a course, right? And you're like, yeah, I'll see. Maybe I'll do it, maybe I'll drop it. Hmm? What is your attitude? Yeah, you know what, maybe I'll just skip the readings. Yeah, maybe I won't really study really hard. Because, I don't know, I might drop it. Right? I might leave it, I might discontinue it. But when you are certain that this is it, I have to do it, I don't have an option, then what happens to you? Do you become serious about your studies? Yes. I am going to be questioned. So the person who lives with this conviction that I am going to be asked tomorrow about what I'm doing today, only then can they fix themselves. The person who believes in haqqah, in the reality, the inevitable reality, the day of judgment, only he 
can fix his actions. This person, Allah says, فَهُوَ فِي عِيشَةِ الرَّاضِيَةِ So he will be in Isha, in a life that is radiya, that is pleasing. This person will now live a life that is pleasant. Isha from the root letter is عَيْن يَاشِينَ Aish, Life. To live. And it's used for the life of a living being. Like for example, you won't use this word to describe the life of a, of a book. No. Of a living organism, of a living being. Because in Isha there is akl, there is eating and there is drinking and there is seeing and there is experience. There is happiness, there is joy, there is sadness. You understand Isha? There is growth, there is loss. So, فَهُوَ فِي عِيشَ He will be in a life that is radiya. Radiya meaning one that makes you happy. One that pleases you. That life will please him. That life will bring him joy. That life will be a source of endless happiness. Tell me, the life of this world, what does it bring you every day? Really, every day. You know, you have this feeling that, okay, things are set now. Right? Things are fixed now. But then what happens? A new challenge. A new test. You tell yourself, now my room is set. Right? I've got the furniture, I've got the perfect linens, and I've got the perfect art, and you know, the carpet is also nice and clean. Everything is set. What happens? Something needs to be replaced after some time. Or something is no longer perfect. The drawer breaks. Right? Or there's a scratch on the wall. Or there's something. This is the reality of this life. It is not Ishatul Radiya. It is not a pleasant, perfect life. This is only in Jannah. فَهُوَ فِي Radiya. How will it be Radiya? Because every desire and every wish will be fulfilled. And really, as a human being, you can't be happy until everything is perfect. Isn't it? I mean, why do you have to remind yourself, be grateful? Stop complaining. Be patient. Why? Because you're upset about the one thing that is not according to your wishes. And you're forgetting the 150 things which are perfectly fine. Isn't it? So what brings us discomfort, what brings us unhappiness is what? Imperfection of this life. And it is only in Jannah where there is perfection of life. Where every wish, every desire will be fulfilled. فَهُوَ فِي عِيشَةِ It is عِيشَةٌ رَاضِيَةٌ Because there is not just the pleasure of eating, but also of looking. مَا تَلَذُّ الْأَعْيُنُ That which will please the eyes even. Every kind of comfort. فِي جَنَّةٍ عَالِيَةٌ This will be in Jannah, in a garden. Which kind of garden is this? It is aliyah, it is elevated, it is high, it is lofty. Meaning the houses, the homes within them will also be lofty. The Prophet ﷺ said that verily paradise has 100 levels. And between each level is a distance like the distance between the earth and the sky. So from this hadith, what do we learn? That aliyah, it's high. Each level is higher than the other. And then we see that in Jannah also there are homes which are high and lofty. قُطُوفُهَا دَانِيَةٌ قُطُوف It's fruit. Fruit clusters. قُطُوف is a plural of قِطْف قَافْ طَافَةٌ 
And it's basically used for fruit or flowers that are ready to be picked. Not those that have fallen, but those that are ready to be picked. Meaning, they are ripe, they are perfect, they are beautiful. You just need to come and select what you desire and pick it. Because you see, what has fallen may be ripe. It may be ripe, but it has fallen. You know, for instance, you go apple picking. There is apples on the trees and there is apples on the ground. Well, technically, you could pick up those apples from the ground, but you don't do that. Why? Because you're paying for the apple, so you might as well pick something yourself. Isn't it? And what is it that you're going to pick? That which you think is good. Isn't it? So, there's that level of, you know, choice, there's control over here. So, قُطُوفُهَا دَانِيَةً It's قُطُوف, it's fruit, will be دَانِيَةً Dania as in one that is low or one that is near. From the root letter is dunub, dal nun wow. Dunya is also from the same root. And it's called such because it is closer to us in the hereafter and it's also lower than the hereafter. So the fruit of Jannah, Dania. Dania, hanging low. That's one meaning. Hanging low. Why hanging low? Because if they're too high, you can't reach it. Correct? I remember as a child, I grew up in Pakistan, right? And so many mango trees. But the thing with mango trees is that they're tall. They're huge. And you could only stand and look at those trees and wish that a monkey would come from somewhere. And you could tame it and then, you know, send it to pick the fruit for you. But it's not going to happen. So, Dania hanging low as in within reach. Right? And hanging low, why? Because they're ripe. Because you see when fruit is ripe, it's juicy. Then it becomes heavy. And with the weight, it hangs low. So, daniya. And another meaning of the word daniya, as in close. Qutufuha daniya, its fruit will be near. So they'll be able to take whatever they like. And they'll be able to pick it while sitting, while standing, while lying down. Qutufuha daniya. Kulu, eat, washrabu, and drink, meaning they'll be told that you eat and drink. How? Hani and in full satisfaction. Hani, hanun, hamza, and the word is used for ease and pleasure. So eat and drink easily, happily, deliciously, abundantly, meaning just enjoy. Just enjoy. And in this world, do you enjoy what you eat? Yes, you enjoy for the moment that it's in your mouth. But then after those few seconds, you swallow it and you want more. And then you want more. And then you want more. And then you're like, stop. Because why? It's not honey. You eat with guilt. And then later on, you suffer because of what you overate in various ways. So, kunu washrabu hani an. Eat and drink deliciously without any fear. Without any guilt. Hani an. Why? Bima aslaftum. Underline this. Bima aslaftum. Because of what you put forward. You put forth. Fil ayyamil khaliya. In the past days. Meaning in the days that are over. Khaliya. Khala amwaw. Khala. Empty space. And khaliya is one that is gone. Over, it's passed away. So in the days that are over, in the days that are long gone, which days are these? The days of worldly life. 
in those days bima aslaftum you put something forward you sent something and what is that something that you sent ahead it was your good deeds so because of the good work you did in the days gone now you enjoy aslaftum sin lamfa salafa to be over and aslafa is to make something go before you and this is the reality of good deeds that when a person is performing a good deed then they are putting it forward they are sending it ahead of themselves in the hereafter when you do something for this world it will end here but when you do something for the hereafter it is deposited it is saved for you for later that you will go and enjoy later wal baqiyatu salihat the things of this world Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Al-malu wal-banoon, what are they? Zinatul hayat al-dunya. They're just an adornment of this life. Meaning, adornment, meaning decorations, something that will make this place beautiful for now, but very soon it will be discarded. Right? Because of Halloween, you see all these decorations, what will happen to them? You see all those pumpkins, right? And what happens to them? Thrown away later. Because it's just decoration. So this is the reality of the things of this world. They're just decoration. وَالْبَاقِيَاتِ are what? الصَّالِحَاتِ What is going to remain are الصَّالِحَاتِ Good deeds. So كُلُوا وَشْرَبُوا Eat and drink now. Enjoy. Have fun. Honey and guilt-free. Why? بِمَا أَسْلَفْتُمْ فِي الْأَيَّامِ الْخَالِيَةِ Because of what you put forth in the days that are past in the days that are now over you worked before now enjoy and you see working is difficult right i mean when you are working constantly it becomes burdensome you just want to be free you want to stop working you want to take it easy but al ayyam al khaliyah what does it mean that very soon these days will be over they will become history. History. Very soon. I mean, if you're in university, think about the time in your high school. Hmm? Or every year you have a summer break. Or at least you used to. Right? So, what happens when you are working? When you are studying? You tell yourself the summer break is coming. Isn't it? Your break is coming. Winter break is coming. Soon inshaAllah. Right? So, the point is that when you're working, it seems like it's never gonna end. But you know that it is gonna end. It is. So, fil ayyam al in the days that are over, you worked hard. You worked hard then, so now you enjoy. Kunu wa shrabu hani'an bima aslaftum fil ayyam al Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. Everybody stand up, please. فَإِذَا نُفِخَ فِي الصُّورِ نَفْخَةٌ وَاحِدَةٌ وَحُمِلَتِ الْأَرْضُ وَالْجِبَالُ فَدُكَّتَا دَكَّةً وَاحِدَةٌ فَيَوْمَئِذٍ وَقَعَتِ الْوَاقِعَةُ وَانْشَقَّتِ السَّمَاءُ فَهِيَ يَوْمَئِذٍ وَاهِيَةٌ وَالْمَلَكُ عَلَىٰ أَرْجَائِهَا 
وَيَحْمِلُ عَرْشَ رَبِّكَ فَوْقَهُمْ يَوْمَئِذٍ ثَمَانِيَةٌ يَوْمَئِذٍ تُعْرَضُونَ لَا تَخْفَى مِنْكُمْ خَافِيَةٌ فَأَمَّا مَنْ أُوتِيَ كِتَابَهُ بِيَمِينِهِ فَيَقُولُ هَاؤُمُ قُرَأُوا كِتَابِيَهِ إِنِّي ظَنَنْتُ أَنِّي مُلَاقٍ حِسَابِيَهِ فَهُوَ فِي عِيشَةٍ رَاضِيَهِ فِي جَنَّةٍ عَالِيَهِ قطوفها دانية كلوا واشربوا هنيئا بما أسلفتم في الأيام الخالية